All right, good morning, Grace Church. It's great to have you here this morning. just want to welcome you. My name's Justin Ross, lead pastor here at Grace Church, and I heard there was a football game today during the Justin Timberlake concert. So, um, but uh, let me ask a question. Do we have any Eagles fans in the house? Okay, three of you, all right? Two Woods and two other people, all right? <clears throat> this morning, uh, I'm, I'm wearing my Eagles green. This was like the closest I could get to uh, cheer on the Eagles. Um, but, you know, any chance I can get to cheer against the Patriots, like, I'm in. All right, Stephanie, I'm in. Anytime I can cheer against the Patriots, I'm in. So uh, I'm so glad you're here today because what I am communicating to you today is a, a very, very important message. It's, it's very important for you personally. It's very important for your family. It's very important for the future of this Grace Church. This is a very important message that's going to be communicated today. Today is called Celebration Sunday because we want to celebrate Jesus. We want to celebrate what he has done in our lives personally, what he's done in our church, and what he's going to do in our communities. So we're calling this Celebration Sunday. We're going to be taking communion this this morning to to reflect and to remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Um, Gosh, it's why we have life. It's, It's why we have hope. It's why we're able to have faith because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So we're going to celebrate that today. But our desire is to see people serve in their God-given giftings and in their passions. Like we want people in Grace Church to serve where God has gifted them to serve. And we want it to be a great experience. We want your church experience to be awesome. We want it to be amazing. We want it to be fulfilling. We want it to be life transforming, life-changing. We want it to be community-impacting. We have high hopes, big dreams. And today we're going to communicate some of the how and why this is going to happen. We're going to look ahead on the path ahead of us in the attempt to be crystal clear. And I'm going to answer a few questions. But before I do that, let me pray, and uh, we're going to dive in. got a lot to communicate today, so let me pray, and we'll get right to it. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this church, for these people. And Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. And I'm I'm so grateful for uh, the examples in scripture that we can look to. And we can see so many examples of people that were imperfect. They didn't have it all figured out. They They were really jacked up. They were messed up. And yet you used them to do great and mighty things. God, it gives me hope. It gives us hope. And Lord, we want to be used by you. And we want our lives to matter. We want to make a difference. And Father, I pray that you'd give us clarity on how to do that through your spirit and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to answer a few questions this morning. And I'm actually, this would be a great opportunity to take some notes, okay? Because there's going to be a lot of information. It would actually help you to stay awake too. So take some notes, write stuff down. This is going to be a a very informational message, but it's going to be very important once again for you personally, for your family, and for the future of this church. So what am I trying to communicate today? All right, let me just be really clear. What am I trying to communicate today? First of all, I'm going to communicate to you the mission of this church. Like, what is this church all about? What is the mission? What are we trying to accomplish? Is it just show up every Sunday, sing a few songs, listen to a bald guy, and go home? Like, I am the first one to check out on that plan, okay? But if we are on a mission and we are going somewhere, and we are going to accomplish something, and we are going to see life transformation, sign me up. So we're going to talk about the mission of Grace Church. We're going to talk about where we are going. We're going to look ahead on where we're going as a church, 
And what I'm trying to communicate today is I'm trying to give you clarity on how we're going to accomplish the mission that God has given us as a church. Maybe, maybe you're new to church, and that's okay. You are, man, so welcome here. We're so glad to have you. But maybe you never realized that the church has a mission. It's like D-Day, right? Their, their mission was to take that beach. We have a mission as a church. God has given us a mission, and we need to have clarity on how we're going to accomplish that mission. The second question is, like, why are we going to take a weekend to talk about this, Justin? Why, why would we take a whole Sunday service to talk about this? So, first of all, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is for you to have clarity. Like, you personally. I want you to be able to be clear on where we're going and, and what this church is all about so that you personally can make a decision. Am I in or not? Am I in on this plan? Am I in on this mission? Or am I not? I'm trying to help you make a decision because I don't want to waste your time. And frankly, I don't want you to waste my time. Okay? So I'm trying to make it as clear as possible so you can say I'm in or I'm out for you to have clarity. And I'm trying to eliminate confusion. The enemy that we fight against is the author of confusion. He's trying to stir up confusion. He wants your church experience to be muddy and to be cloudy and for you not to be clear on what the heck it is we're trying to do. He wants you to be confused. And so I'm trying to attack that effort from the enemy and to to try to clarify, to eliminate confusion. I'm also trying to help you see the role that you can play. Like, I don't want you to just sit on your butts every Sunday and that's your church experience. I want you to to pick up your sword and to fight with us. I want you to have clarity on the role that you personally can play in accomplishing the mission of God. And then um, we're taking a weekend to do this to help you know where you can go for support. Like, you're not alone in this. I'm not alone in this. So I'm going to introduce our spiritual leaders to you, and I want you to know the process or to better understand the process of how decisions are made here at Grace Church. Like, we make a lot of decisions we're setting vision. We're setting a course. We're, we're going after this mission, mission. So I want you to understand how is it that decisions are made at this church. And then lastly, once again, I have a huge heart for those who are far from Jesus or for those who, who uh, have never met Jesus or don't have a relationship with Jesus. So I, I want to help newcomers better understand how this thing called the church can work. Like I want you to have clarity on you know, what is this thing, the church, what, what's it all about? So before we work through these communication points this morning, I want to share a quick story with you from the scriptures. And the story that I'm going to share with you is found in the writings of Exodus. And we're told the story about a leader named Moses. And and in this this, uh, story, in the book of Exodus, we're told the story of how the nation of Israel was set free from slavery. They were slaves in the land of Egypt. And Exodus means just that. They exited the land of Egypt out of slavery, and it's the story of this miraculous journey and, and God bringing them out of slavery. It's an incredible, true story, and you need to read it for yourself. It's in your Bible. You can read it for yourself. It's awesome. Go to the book of Exodus. Read the story of how they came out of slavery. It's incredible. But there's a lot to the whole story. I don't have time to share all of it. But while Moses was leading many, many people, a whole nation, Out of slavery, he ran into just a few leadership problems. 
Okay? Can you imagine that, right? Dealing with people. Like, my gosh, Moses ran into problems? That's crazy. Come to find out, the problem was Moses. You're like, oh, I knew it. I knew it was you, Justin. Like, I knew you were the problem. Okay? In the effort to lead many, many people out of slavery, Moses was trying to do too much. He was trying to do too all. Let me ask you a question, okay? And, and by the way, you can, you can respond by raising your hand or saying yes, okay? It's okay. It's allowed. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard this saying? If you want something to be done right, just do it yourself. All right? Have you heard that? Okay. Probably one of the most untrue statements there ever was. Okay? I mean, that statement, it works just fine if you live by yourself on planet Mars. Okay? That works just fine. But it doesn't work if you're trying to lead a nation of people. It doesn't work if you're trying to lead a family. It doesn't work if you're trying to lead a business or if you're trying to lead a church. You cannot do everything. You cannot be everywhere. And if you think you need to be the one doing everything for it to be done right, well, it means that you have one heck of an ego. And it actually means that you might have a problem. It's called pride. That's what it's called. So Moses struggled with this same issue. His mission was to lead a whole nation of people out of slavery, and he was trying to do it all. He was trying to do everything. And because of that reality, people were suffering. People were actually being lost in the shuffle. They were suffering because Moses was trying to do everything. Moses, or I'm I'm sorry, people rather, were not being cared for. People were getting lost in the hustle and the bustle. And thankfully, a man named Jethro challenged Moses to rethink his leadership. Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. And thankfully, he challenged Moses to rethink how he was leading this nation. You see, if leaders are doing everything, they're not only going to burn themselves out, but they're also failing to give other gifted leaders the opportunity to lead, or the opportunity to grow, or the opportunity to be used by God. They're limiting the growth of creativity. They're limiting new ideas, and they're actually hindering knowledge. They're, they're stopping the effort of community service or you know, service to people. If leaders are trying to do everything, they're actually in the way. They're in the way of positive impact on people's lives. And so Jethro saw Moses trying to do it all, and so thankfully he called Moses out, and Jethro said, Moses, like, why are you trying to do everything? It's wearing you out. It's slowing the progress of the entire nation. Like, Moses, come on, man, there's plenty of good people who could partner with you and care for the people of Israel and help lead the people of Israel. There's, There's like incredibly talented, gifted people that can help you and partner with you. So Moses, come on, delegate the work, man. Come on, share the load. So listen to the end of Exodus chapter 18. What we're going to see here is we're going to see what Moses did with the advice of Jethro. Okay, so his father-in-law tells him, come on, Moses, you got to share the load. Delegate, you can't do everything. And listen to Moses' response. Exodus chapter 18, verses 24 through 26. The first two words says, Moses listened. 
wow, that's awesome. Can you imagine a leader listening? Like he shut his mouth and he listened. I highlighted that word because that is where change begins. When we shut our mouths and we open our ears. That's where change begins. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and he followed his suggestions. That's incredible. Verse 25. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000 and 150 and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. That's the end of chapter 18 in the book of Exodus. Like leadership crisis averted. He shared the load. He listened to the counsel of Jethro. Okay, now fast forward to present day. Last year, the elders graciously gave me a study break, personally. And often it can be referred to as a sabbatical. And it was a two-week period of time where I got away to rest, and to pray, and to study, and honestly, to just fill up my tank. Um, Over the, the past 10 years... Here at Grace Church, we have numerically grown at an average of 10% a year. Um, Those of you that have a business, that's pretty incredible, okay? On average, over the last 10 years, we've grown numerically at at 10% a year. This is awesome, but we also know that all of us, all people are imperfect. So more people equals more problems, right? It equals more workload. It equals more things that need to be done. It equals more late nights, more phone conversations, more meetings. It's more of a load to carry. Grace Church has grown, but the problem is, like Moses, I have become a lid to the growth of this church. I'm in the way. Like Moses, too much stuff was coming through me I was trying to do too much stuff. It was like a log jam, you know, just everything trying to go through this little spot and it was just jamming up and it was hindering the growth of this church. It was hurting the care and the development and the equipping of God's people. The mission was being hindered. So let me answer the first question. The first question that we wanted to address is what is the mission of Grace Church. I want this to be so clear for you. The mission is very clear because it's been given to us by our King, Jesus Christ. He gave us the mission after he rose from the dead, and we find it in Matthew 28, verse 19. He was about to ascend back up into heaven, and he left us with these words. Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is the mission of our church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who follows, who obeys, who surrenders. We are are to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So the mission is to see people become fully devoted to Jesus Christ. Not to me, not to the elder team, not to some random man idea. The mission is to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. 
And as I personally began to better understand the mission, it became very clear to me that in order for this to happen in our little part of the world, my leadership style had to change. It had to change. I had, I had great clarity when I was on this study break. We couldn't keep doing things the way they had always been done. We had to change. We had to do things differently. I had to change. I had to do things differently. And so last year, I wrote down what I was thinking and, and how God was speaking to me. And this morning, I, I thought the best way to communicate to you like what I was feeling, what I was thinking in that moment was actually to read directly from my journal. And so in a spirit of vulnerability this morning, I'm going to read to you what I wrote down on March 22nd, 2017. And uh, so here we go. Dear diary. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't start out like that. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's ridiculous. Okay. March 22nd, 2017. Lord, that's a better way to start. Lord, thank you for this time. It's very clear to me that vision is needed. It's needed within me. It is very clear that I need to increase my learning. Lord, I want to be a part. No, I want to help lead a church that rocks La Plata County. I want to see more and more stories of unchurched people who knew nothing about the Bible or nothing about you, God. I want to see people like that become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I know I have to stop trying to fix people and instead lead them to you and allow you to do the fixing. I want to get something for people, not from them. And that something is Jesus. I so desperately want to see life change. God, I need you to give me vision. Please, Father. I believe you have gifted me with leadership and the ability to influence. Please give me clear vision so I can lead people to you. I want my boys. I want my boys to grow up loving the church and loving you, God. I don't want to be a roadblock to anyone's faith. Lord, I know you've gifted me, but it seems so daunting. I don't have the ability. I don't have the knowledge. But you have put incredible people around me. Here are some things I know. The leader has to be healthy spiritually and emotionally. And it helps to be healthy physically. Our leadership process is too slow. Here are some things I know. It's going to be messy. It's a war. Here are some things I know. It's not my job to fix people. Here are some things I know. La Plata County has not seen a movement of God that I know of. Here are some things I know. I want to reach the unreached. Here are some things I know. Jesus is the way. Here are some things I know. We need systems and processes that adjust and are flexible. Here are some things I know. 
I don't have much patience or tolerance for those who just want to study the Bible but don't do anything with the Bible. For knowledge alone makes us haughty, but application makes us holy. Here are some things I know. We will not see a movement of God if we simply keep doing what we're doing. The one constant in life is change. Here are some things I know. I don't simply want to increase people's Bible knowledge. They can do that themselves. What needs to change? I cannot live in fear of failure. Our view of women's involvement in leadership needs to change. What needs to change? It cannot be about pleasing people. I need to quit trying to do everything right. Perfectionism, or more accurately, fear of failure. And then I said, Lord, please. Lord, please clarify your vision within me. Help me to walk in confidence and courage. Allow Grace Church to be the catalyst of transformation in this region and beyond. Help me not to be in the way. Help us to develop many, many godly leaders. Lord, please glorify yourself in us, through us, and around us. And may we not steal one ounce of your glory. I'm not going to read anything else to you out of my journal, okay? Yeah. So what is the mission of Grace Church? To make disciples of Jesus who are grown up and equipped to make disciples of Jesus. That is our mission. So so where are we going, Justin? Okay, let me be this. Let me be this. Let me make this, rather. Let me make this very clear. As a church, as your pastor, I'm leading us into the spiritual darkness of this region. We are going to war. I just want to be crystal clear. We're going to war. We are going to wage war against brokenness and against the spiritual darkness in this region. Like, we're going to war against broken marriages and broken families and broken churches and broken businesses and broken lives. Like we're going we're gonna to do our best to reconcile people back to their Savior and their Healer and their Redeemer, Jesus Christ. We're going to war against spiritual apathy. We have to wake up. We're going to war against spiritual oppression that has ruled this region for far too long. I don't know about you, but I am sick of seeing lives and families and churches torn apart by the enemy. Like, I am ready to take up my sword. I'm ready to take up my sword and fight. And our sword is the word of truth, the word of God. Okay, Justin, like, man, that sounds all inspirational and stuff, but like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Listen, the greatest weapon against the darkness is Jesus Christ. Like, he has already defeated the enemy. He has already defeated the darkness. The greatest weapon is Jesus. He defeated Satan on the cross. 
He defeated hell. He defeated sin by living a sinless life. He defeated death by coming back to life. Yes, Jesus ascended back up into heaven, but it's through His church. His church is referred to as the body of Christ. You say, man, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. It's like He left us. You know, no, He didn't leave us. He he gave us the church. You are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus Christ in this world. You are. We are His church. You and me, we are the hands and the feet and the body of Jesus Christ. So the enemies of darkness cannot stand against Jesus Christ. That means the enemies of darkness cannot stand against His church. Like hell freaks out. Hell gets so afraid when the people of God find their giftings and find how God has wired them and they go all in on the mission. Together, unified. Because it's a picture of, it's Jesus Christ coming against them and and they run in fear. We are the body of Christ and when we stand together, unified in love and faith and hope, and it has to be together, only then will the enemy be destroyed. So you say, Justin, how are we going to do this? We are going to do this together. That's how we're going to do it. It cannot be me. It cannot be just you. We have to stand united against the spiritual darkness in this region. So how are we going to do this? I have to get out of the way. Over the past 10 months, we've been on a journey to bring clarity to the leadership structure of Grace Church. We're trying to give a framework. We're trying to have clarity as to you know, what our roles are and how we're going to move forward into the darkness so that we can effectively be the body of Christ. So 10 months ago, I invited 30 key leaders, okay, men and women in this church, to join me in this effort. Like men and women who would help me wrestle through the tough questions, walk through the awkwardness, and stand in faith, trusting God, trusting that God would bring clarity, even when I, as the leader, who's supposed to know everything, was completely confused and had no clue. I was like, man, please stand with me. As awkward as this feels, like we need to seek Jesus. We, we need God to give us clarity. And so we had meeting after meeting. We, we prayed, and then we prayed some more. And after 10 months of a roller coaster journey, I believe God has given us a great leadership framework that is flexible. It doesn't constrain His Spirit. It doesn't constrain His people. And I believe it really honors His Word. And this is like, and this is our best attempt, church, at trying to honor Christ at how we're leading the people of God forward into the future. So here's the leadership framework of Grace Church. You're going to see an image and it's going to be really hard to see. And, and I just took a picture. This is hanging in my office. You can come talk to me anytime if you want to kind of see what it's saying. But um, I'm going to try my best to explain it. But this is the framework of leadership for our church. So you see at the bottom there is Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm using red because Jesus shed his blood. Okay, Jesus, everything is founded on Jesus Christ. It's built on Christ. 
It has to be. It cannot be built on a man and his personality or, you know, the big giver in the church. No, it has to be built on Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. All right? The next box that you see, it's kind of building up, is the elder team. All right? So we're building. Just so you know, we're building something here. All right? We're building something. Make that clear. All right? So that next box is the elder team. And the elder team provides the spiritual oversight. And they're always asking the question, is it broke? Like, man, are we, are we teaching the Word of God like the Word of God should be taught? Are we leading people? Are they growing? You know, are we covering our people with prayer? And so they're providing the spiritual oversight. And let me just be clear who our elders are, okay? Our elder team, um, my dad, who pastored for close to 40 years, is on the elder team. I think he has just a little bit of wisdom to offer us. And so uh, Bob Ross is on the team, John Etz, Pastor Chris Standrich, Brad Fuqua, Lucas LaFrance, Kyle Hansen, Reland Wood, and myself. We all serve on the elder team. And I use the word serve, okay? This is not a power position. To the contrary, this is a servant position. We are at the bottom, okay? We're serving. The next box you see is we called it the strategy team. Um, and they're always asking the question of um, how do we fix it? You know, so the elders are saying, is it broken? And, and the strategy team is saying, how do we fix it? And uh, Kyle Hansen is actually leading this team. So um, the team members on this team, there's men and women alike, and they're acting as coaches, like for different ministries. They come alongside and help different ministries succeed. The next box that you see is the stewardship team, Okay. So we got Jesus, we got the elders, we have a strategy team that's helping us to think forward, and then we have the stewardship team. <clears throat> the stewardship team, their responsibility is to help the church have its act together in all physical matters. Like we should be a shining beacon in the community of how to do business and how to handle money and how to take care of our stuff. Like we should be a shining example. People should be able to look at the church and say, that's how it's done. And so the, the stewardship team is going to help us be a shining example so Grace Church can, sh- uh, can carry out the vision and mission and strategy that God has given us. And just so you know, the team lead for the, strategy, or for the stewardship team is Andy Parker. And I am so excited to have him leading that team. And, uh, man, he is an incredibly godly man, and he's going to do an incredibly good job with us. Um, we have a, a lead accountant. We have lead bookkeepers. There's a lot of people involved in making sure that the stewardship of this church is done to the glory of God. And then on top of that, we have the pastor team, okay? And you, you, you might say, what, what's changing? Okay, the pastor team used to do a lot of this stuff. Like we were dealing with budgets. We were dealing with um, strategies. We were dealing with, you know, uh, changing tires on the van. You know, we were involved with, you know, um, counseling and doing stuff. The pastoral team now, their task, their job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Like, I am so stoked about this because I'm not going to worry about budgets so much anymore. Like, thank you, Jesus. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to focus more on people. 
taking care of people and equipping people and preparing you for war. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And so the pastor team is going to oversee the strategy of get in, grow up, go out. And our pastoral team is Katie Davis, Keith Elwine, Chris Standrich, Reland Wood, and myself. That's our current pastoral team. And our hope is to see individuals get in. Once again, get in means we want to see people saved, like give their lives to Jesus. We want to see them baptized. We want to see them commit to a body of Christ like Grace Church. And then we want to see them grow up. And we do that through our shape inventory. That's where you find out how God has gifted you spiritually. And and we also encourage people to get involved in small groups. And then we're going to lead people to go out. And you go out through generosity. You go out by serving, by helping to send people like the woods, okay, to to North Carolina to start a new church. Uh, We go out by leading others to get in, to make new disciples. You know, even the early church had leadership challenges. And they had to make adjustments to their framework. You know, so we have Jesus, we have the elder team, strategy, stewardship, pastoral team. And then all the ministries are on, you know, it's supporting the ministries that we're doing. And that's our, our strategy, get in, grow up, go out. But let me just explain why we're doing this. You see the big arrow that's going to the, that direction? The reason why we have all these teams and we're trying to do all this stuff it's for you, the individual. Like all of this effort is to support you, the individual, to get from here to there. Where's there? Closer to Jesus Christ. Like all of this effort is to help people wherever they're at. Like we want people to walk in and to not be judged and to walk in wherever their brokenness is, whatever they're dealing with, whatever their struggles are, we accept them, we welcome them, wherever they are. So wherever their here is, we welcome them. But then we help them to get closer to Jesus Christ. And all of this stuff, all of our tasks in the church and outside of the church, it's to help people on that journey. It's to help accomplish the mission of making people disciples. That's why we're doing all this stuff. It's not just some religion game. It's to help people get closer to Jesus Christ. So the early church had leadership challenges, and we see an example of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up here quickly. <laughs> I asked, uh, oh, actually, Cody asked me, like, Dad, what are you talking on today? And I said, oh, actually, I, I, I'm trying to make this picture interesting. <laughs> and he said, good luck, Dad. All right? So, I'm trying. So we see an example of the early church having leadership issues in Acts chapter 6. The church was growing rapidly, and they did a leadership restructure. And the reason they did this was to reach more people and to better equip the believers. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, it tells us about the results of the restructure in the early church. And I am holding on to this because it, it has been a bit of a roller coaster, okay? But I'm holding on to this, and I believe with all my heart that that, that restructure is going to help us move forward in incredible ways. 
Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted as well. Another way to say that would be, even those people that you thought would never believe in Jesus Christ were converted as well. I mean, the Jewish priests, like they were the ones that led the charge in crucifying Jesus Christ. And the Jewish priests came to faith in Jesus Christ. Those people that you know of that you're like, man, they would never, ever come to church or believe in Jesus. We are going to see a day where those people are worshiping Christ and honoring Him with their lives. So this new framework here at Grace is going to help us grow like never before, and this region is going to experience a movement of God. The good news will continue to spread, and the number of believers will greatly increase. That's what I'm fighting for. That's what I'm leading us towards. That's where we're going. One more just quick note of clarity, and then I'm going to finish, okay? Questions about this framework, okay? If you're like, man, I got questions. I I don't feel like I had enough answers. Questions about this leadership framework, it's not off limits to ask questions. Okay? You're not going to offend me. You're not going to offend the pastors or the elders. We invite you to say, like, man, what does this mean? Or what's this all about? And, like, we invite it. We welcome it. So don't feel like you're going to offend me or offend us if you ask questions. So talk to me about it. Talk to one of the elders. Talk to one of the pastors. We're not afraid of your questions because we know that we are imperfect people. And this is just our best idea, but you might have a better one, okay? And what we're trying to do is we're trying to leverage everything for those who are far from Jesus. So if you're new to all this church stuff, you need to know this. God has called us all to an incredible adventure. He's given us an honorable, worthwhile, eternity-changing mission. And I want to invite you to join us on this journey. Like, I want you to come with us. It's going to be messy at times. It's going to be really hard at times. But it will be worth it. And what would we do instead? Just let the enemy continue to win? I'm not interested in that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down swinging, okay? I'm going to go down fighting. So if you want to take a step forward on this journey, just let me know. Let one of the pastors know. You can fill out that card that Pastor Keith was talking about earlier. Just say, hey, I, I don't know exactly what step I need to take, but I want to take a step closer to Jesus. You can walk into the pastor's collab office, okay? That's what we call it because it's collaboration, all right? We call it the collab office. You can walk in at any time. It's not off limits, okay? We invite you in. You can walk in, you can talk to any of the pastors, and you can say, I'm, I'm ready to take a step forward in my spiritual journey. So let me ask you, like, where do you see yourself serving? Like, what part are you going to play to help accomplish the mission that God has given us? Our king has given us a mission, and we have to accomplish that mission, the mission of making disciples. I'm going to close in prayer. Father God, thank you for this time.